Welcome back. Thanks for being here. If you're new, my name is James. I'm the pastor of Adore Church. However you found this podcast, video, whatever, thank you so much for being here. We love you guys. We're going to take 15 minutes today to, to begin a teaching about what leadership looks like to the eyes of Jesus. Right? We're doing these because we want to give people a way to, to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Right? It's more than just Sundays. The, last week we started a message and we talked about salvation. That when you give your heart to Christ, and when you, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that He died on the cross and raised from the dead, the Bible says you're saved. The free gift of salvation, the grace of God, the unmerited, undeserved kindness and goodness of God. That is the greatest thing of our lives. That Jesus died for us so that we could be saved. And that's awesome. And we celebrate every person that makes that decision and that choice. High five the, the video camera if you want to. Because that is huge and it's awesome. It's why we exist as church. To see people come back to a relationship with Christ. Not a religion with Christ, but a relationship. But that's the first step. It's the first step. Because the Bible then goes on to say, work out your own salvation. And what that means is you are now a follower of Christ. A disciple of Christ. A Christian. And there are things that you need to do now to be more like Christ. We want to get you more like Christ. Do you think like Christ? Do you act like Christ? Do you walk out what it looks like to be a Christian? And that takes studying God's Word. It takes getting God's Word in you. The principles of God's Word. The teaching of God's Word. David said this, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so we want to give you every tool we can to put this thing in you. And so that's what these teachings are about. We do these teachings now on video, 15 minutes long. You can read them, you can share them, hopefully write down notes and study them until our next gathering. Next gathering, February 28th. February 28th, next gathering. Why are we doing that? We want to maybe ease restrictions to have as many people as we possibly can gather on February 28th, right? We know we're going into winter break, people are leaving town, or going out of town, skiing and all that stuff. So we want to make sure we have the ability to gather as many people as we possibly can on February 28th to worship together, to have community, and to preach. That's what Sundays are about. It's time to gather and party and have a good time and get filled with hope and be around each other. Six foot apart, socially distanced, blah. But we, February 28th, 9.30, be there. Look, I'm going to be reading Matthew, Matthew 23. Matthew 23, Jesus has a conversation with people. And he's talking about leadership. Real quick, this is, I'm trying to talk fast in these videos because I know watching videos and hear people being slow, I just uh, can't take it. Give me information, give it fast, give it to me, and I can go study it later. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Matthew 23 is talking about leadership. I'm going to give you the definition of leadership that I'm going to talk about over the next few videos so you can understand we're on the same page. I heard a guy say this a long time ago. Leadership is just influence. There's 7 million books about leadership, right? You can find a book that says leadership this way, and then you can find a book that says leadership the exact opposite way. It's, it's confusing and awful, and sometimes it drives me nuts. But I'm going to condense it down to leadership is influence. All of us have influence. My 8-year-old daughter has influence. She comes home from school, and she, she wants to watch a video or dress a certain way or go do this or go do that based on what her friends told her to do or were doing. That's influence. Same thing for her. She has influence over her friends on what they say, what they do, what they watch. Same thing with my teenage kids. Right? My teenage boys have influence. They like certain teams and they influence the kids like they like certain things. They watch certain videos. They come back and watch video games or do different sports or different things like that. Or even bad stuff or good stuff. There's influence. If you have friendships, you understand there's always influence. So my teenagers have influence. Young people have influence. College people influence. Uh, fathers obviously influence. Mothers influence. Husbands influence. Wives influence. You work in a business. Influence. I don't care how little menial of a task. 
You, you're, you're taking groceries at Roach. You have influence. Every person that walks across your counter, are you giving them a better day? Are you making them feel good about themselves? Or you look like an idiot. And you're making them be like, man, what the heck? That guy's miserable. You have influence. If you own Roach, influence, obviously. So we all have influence. That's not the question. We're all in leadership positions. That's not the question. The question is, what do you do with that influence, right? That's the question. How can you have the greatest leadership effect on people inside your sphere of influence? See, what happens sometimes is we try to lead people outside of our spheres. How about we focus on the sphere of influence here, lead to the best of our abilities, and then when that circle grows, our leadership influence grows. And so what does leadership actually start with me? That's what Jesus always says. Right? What is Jesus? What's the golden rule? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So influence always starts from the inside out. It always starts from me and then my sphere of influence and then as it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. So Jesus begins by, in Matthew chapter 23, he's going to do a teaching on influence. And he does it in an incredible way. <laughs> There's three groups of people in this chapter that he talks about influence in. One of the disciples, listen, in verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples. So he has his disciples, crew of people. And what are his disciples? That's his, that's his posse. It's his crew. Those are the people that are following him. They're in. They, they've, they're saved, quote unquote. They, they've given their heart to him. They're following him. They understand him, right? And then there's the multitudes. And who are the multitudes? The multitudes are who, who are there because somebody told them about it. They're hearing good things about Jesus. They're, they're curious about Jesus. The, the, the Bible calls the multitude many times broken, lost, paralyzed, sick, whores, prostitutes, greedy people, messed up people, the outcasts of society. A lot of times that's what the multitudes are. They're not followers of Jesus yet, but they're curious about it. Then the third group of people, and this is the scribes and the Pharisees. And the scribes and the Pharisees, the scribes are the religious leaders of the day. right? They, they were the, quote, influencers of the day, the good people in the church of the day. And the scribes are lawyers that studied and got the position they got. And the Pharisees are normal people that went into, the, into the, the business of being a religious leader. And they studied and they knew everything there was to know. And so they're, they're in positions of authority. And so you have this position. Now Jesus talks about leadership to these people. And as he's talking to these people, he's using these people as the example. The, fri- the Pharisees and the scribes. And he uses them as an example and he pitches it to, the, to them, to these three groups of people. And he says, don't be like these people. He teaches leadership to everybody by saying, this is not how you should be. Don't be like these guys. And he's not doing that because he's a jerk. He's not doing that to be mean. He honestly honestly wants these people, his disciples, to be better leaders. He wants the multitudes to, to find relationship with him and be better leaders. And he wants the Pharisees and the scribes as well. Jesus died for everyone. He loves everyone. The Bible says the truth will set you free. And so he's telling these people not to make them feel bad, but to say, look, this is what you're doing wrong, man. Change. You have all this influence. You could be doing so much better. You could help people so much if you would change and do it this way. And so as we walk through this, I want you to understand that because this is the church. This is our heart's cry for our church, for Adore Church, that it would be filled with followers, people that are in, right? The A-team, we call them. The people that serve donuts on the weekends and set up and tear down in the mornings and work in the kids' ministry and do and give and are part of the church and pray with the church and part of the prayer team and, and are fighting about the church and the vision for the church. Then we want the second group of people, which is multitudes, which is people that are lost and broken and trying to figure it out. And they see these people, 
right? They see the disciples and their life being changed and being better fathers and better mothers and better business people and, and better people all around and, and working out some things and, and trying to grow in their walk with Christ. And they're like, what's going on? What is there? What, what, what do you see about that place? How did you get this? And what is it? The, the disciples' influence is now influencing these people. And we want them to feel welcome. You come in broken, lost. You come in paralyzed, sick. You come in with your addictions. You come in abused. Listen, hear the words of Jesus talking because Jesus is going to change you. We also want these people. We want the influencers in the world and the society and the people of positions and get them and say, look, this is what you can do. You have so much. You have so much influence. If you could just take that influence and use it for good, you could change so many lives. If you can share the love of Christ with people through your influence, it would be incredible. So that's what's going on here. So I'm going to get to the, the first two things, right? He's saying, verse two, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, they tell you to observe, they tell you to observe that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them without one finger. What's he saying? He's saying they sit in a position of authority. And in that position of authority, he's like, they earned that. They got that. So I'm going to take two minutes to explain this to you. We are huge at this church of respecting positions of authority. Maybe not necessarily respecting the person in the position of authority, but we respect the position of authority. Teach our kids. You respect your teacher, your principal, your coach, the police. You respect the governor, the mayor. You respect the politicians. You respect the, the senator. You respect the president. You respect those seats of authority in your life. God will honor you if you respect authority. Now, do the people that sit in those seats make stupid mistakes and do stupid stuff? Yes. Do sometimes you, you not respect the person in that position? Sure, because everybody's messed up. People are messed up. There's never going to be a perfect person sitting in a perfect seat of authority. It doesn't exist because everybody's broken. Everybody's messed up. But I could teach my kids, you honor authority. Well, when does that not happen anymore, Pastor James? When does this stop? If, 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 my coach tries to, if a coach of my kid tries to get them to do something immoral that's going to hurt them and hurt others, then we have a conversation about it. If they're doing something that's going to go against the philosophies, the principles of God's word and the character that they have in their hearts, then we have a conversation about it. But we are going to respect authority. You respect the position that people hold in authority in the light. Sometimes it doesn't mean you respect the person. All right? If you have questions, call me. Find me. We can have a conversation about it. But Jesus was straight up with them. Respect. They sit in Moses' seat. You respect them. But here's the problem. They're they're saying to do this, but they're not doing themselves. Okay, the, the first attribute of a good leader is one, respecting authority. Two, is having integrity. And what is integrity? Integrity is not just saying what you should do. Integrity is actually doing what you say. That's integrity. And this is being lost day after day, more and more in our culture. More now than ever. In the last 12 months with the pandemic, it has been unbelievable how often we have seen this from our leaders. Say what I say, but don't do what I do. How many times have we seen people saying something but not doing and doing the exact same opposite? I can go down the list of politicians that have done it. This is not a right or left thing. This is just facts. Or people that are in celebrities or people that have influence. You're just like, what? These people are hypocrites. Hypocrites, hypocrites, hypocrites. Jesus could not stand hypocrites. Listen, Jesus knows people aren't perfect, right? But he, doesn't st- he can't stand hypocrites. And what is the difference? The difference is the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's what we should want to do. I tell my kids, if I'm going to tell you to do something, I'm going to do it. 
I might fail at doing it, and sometimes I might not do it, but you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna take responsibility for not doing it. That's integrity. And in your sphere of influence, you have to, we have to, as Christians, as followers of Christ, in our leadership position that we have, we should be people that say, yes is yes and no is no. This is what God's word says. This is what God's word is telling me to do. And I'm going to do it just as much as I ask you to do it. And together, let's do it. We might not be perfect. We might mess up. And if we do, we will repent. We will say, God, I messed up. I'm going to fix it. I'm not perfect. But we take responsibility for our actions. That's integrity. Jesus said we need to have integrity and the ability to do what we want to do. And that is a lost art. And I think this is what is, has hurt a lot of people from following God. As they look at Christians, leaders in the Christian church, or, or, or churches they've been into, or denominations, just like those Christians are hypocrites. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They say you should do this. They say you should live this way, but they don't. I don't want to be that person. I think the difference between a hypocrite and authentic person is understanding I'm not perfect and saying I wasn't perfect. Yeah, I messed up. I screwed up. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What are we talking about? We're talking about working out our own salvation. That means I'm not perfect. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to be willing, one, to look at a mistake and say I made a mistake, two, to say I'm striving to be this. Jesus will never ask you to do something he didn't already do. That's what I love about following Jesus. The Bible says he has gone through everything you and I will go through, every temptation he went through and he beat it. He even went to the level of saying, you're worth literally dying for. I will give up my life for you. So when he says, give up your life for me, right? Take up your cross daily and follow me. In other words, every day I wake up and say, God, take my life. My hope, my dreams, my desires, God, I give it to you. Help me. Give me the power to walk this thing out. My life is not mine. It's yours. I love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength. I'm giving up. I'm surrendering to you, God, everything I am. And people go, oh my gosh, what is that? Why would you do that? I do that because he did that. I do that because he did it. He's not a hypocrite. He laid down his life for me so that I can have a good life and have answers and find peace and prosperity and find the hope that I want. And so all I'm doing is returning the favor of what he did. So today, wherever you are, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let your influence be ready to say, I'm going to respect authority. I'm going to have integrity in the things that I do. And I'm going to look through my life and make sure that I put that out into my sphere of influence every single day. That's the first two things Jesus says about leadership. Respect authority, have integrity. I pray that you would put that into your life, into action today. I pray that would be a part of what you do every day.